Welcome to DealCast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at the global deal-making trends of last year and how 2023 is shaping up. I'm joined by Lucinda Guthrie, the executive editor for M&A and ECM for Ion Analytics. Hi, Lucinda. Thanks very much for joining me today. Hi, Juliana. Thanks for having me on. So 2021, that was a record year for M&A. But how did last year, 2022, compare? Well, you have to remember that 2021 was a blockbuster year. In 2022, globally, M&A was down nearly 39% year on year at $3.6 trillion. The thing is, if you compare this to before the pandemic, it was only down 9.3% on the five years previous, on the average for those five years. Obviously, we had rising interest rates, surging inflation, and, and the war in Europe obviously had an impact on deal flow. For me, the really interesting part was that both volumes and values really bucked the usual trend of activity. Um, to, usually what we see in the second half is we see much more deals closing and December is usually the busiest month. And last year, instead of the usual, I think the average that we usually see um, in, in terms of uh, deal value uh, announcements is $387 billion deal, uh, dollars of deals are usually announced in December. We only got a third of that last year. Um, so you can really see the second half where the impact of all those macro factors came home to roost in activity. It was the least active second half since 2003. Very interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, it was, a, as you mentioned, 2021 was a, a bit of a, a standout year. So I guess it had a, a high level to follow. So looking regionally, what regional trends did you see during 2022? So the biggest eye-opener for me was that the two regions where we usually see the most activity saw significant contractions. North America saw M&A drop 15% on pre-pandemic levels. Um, And that meant that its global dominance in terms of activity dropped from 49% of total activity to 44%. Um, Then you also have uh, in China for uh, M&A, M&A was down around 34%, largely due to the the zero COVID policy. Um, This also shifted... Uh, where we saw activity in China, because rather than seeing the real estate and construction sectors um, seeing significant activity in China, they were kind of plagued by road and rail delays and there were also supply chain issues. Um, So where we saw the most activity in China this year um, was technology, transportation, mining, uh, finance and auto and truck. So there was a a real change in the dynamic there. Of course, there is hope. Because as we know, the zero COVID policies have have been lifted now. So there is some optimism as we go into 2023 for for China M&A to to come back. Thank you. And and what were the standout deals of last year? Well, there were were some huge deals announced in the first half. 
Um, VMware was uh, there was there was VMware seventy one billion sale to Broadcom. There was Atlantis forty six billion sale to Blackstone, and of course uh, Elon Musk's controversial Twitter bid. For me, that's one of the standout deals of the year. I mean, it was struck at this huge valuation in April. And then we all watched as the share price tanked and Musk tried to get out of the the transaction and really tested Delaware law there. Um, So for me, you know, if we we all remember one deal from 2022, I think you have to remember that one. And all those deals that I mentioned were struck in the first half. Of the, of, the, of the deal of the, of the year, sorry. Um, there were some uh, multi-billion deals struck in half two, but we did see those multi-billion mega deals really um, slow down in the second half, and and uh, the the flow sort of um, shifted more towards the smaller end of the spectrum as we as we went through the year. And looking at private equity, what kind of impact did the environment in 2022 have on private equity deal making? So financial sponsors were a a kind of ray of sunlight in in deal making last year. If you look at pre-pandemic levels, um, buyouts were actually 50% up on pre-pandemic levels um, and exits were 43% higher. Um, You know, we'd all been waiting for a long time for private equity to put you know, this dry powder to work. And I think we did see some of that last year. However, obviously, towards the second half, deal making slowed down. Everyone started to have to get used to the new environment um, of rising rates. And you saw people starting to take a much more cautious approach to deal making. There's a shift in dynamic in the auctions. Uh, as I said, they were moving at a slower pace. Buyers were taking more time on due diligence, um, especially when it came to EBITDA adjustments, for example. Um, And we actually saw a number of processes pushed back into the first quarter um, of this year. So things slow down. I think people are getting, they're turning a page or a kind of abnormal environment. And I feel that it was a real, you know, people were, were adjusting to the new environment. Um, so it was a very different, uh, to, particularly towards the end of the year, it's a very different environment for private equity. And looking to this year, 2023, what are your expectations for MA? Well, there's still an awful lot of uncertainty. Um, I mentioned that you know people had pushed out process this year one of the things we have heard is that some sponsors have actually mandated advisors without putting a formal timeline on because they're still worried that uncertainty could persist a lot of people are saying well you know what last year was a reset year um we had this you know we were all getting used to the uh, you know the, the new world where there isn't all this cheap money uh, floating around and working out how to do deals. And people are saying there is an optimism around potential deal flow. But uncertainty is not good for MA, as we all know. And valuation gaps are persistent. Um, I think that we will see continued uh, MA. I think there will be. Um, you know, I think we're likely to see some lower multiples. <laughs> I think valuations are going to come down a bit. Um, and I think people are going to be a lot more, uh, you know, cautious around what they're buying. 
And how will private equity firms approach deals in 2023? Will, will that change compared to last year? Well, I think uh, I, I think it's more more looking at how how things would change, you know, since pre-pandemic. Um, as I've mentioned, this, there will be this lengthy due diligence. I think the other thing is the types of company that uh, private equity will look at. Um, they're going to be more selective. Going to be looking at more profitable companies rather than looking at kind of high growth assets. Um, I think one of the things I, uh, I heard recently was the more boring company, the better, um, because people in this market don't want to take a, a risk on something that's, you know, the, the promise of growth. It, it needs to be really, really stable. Um, I think what we will uh, also see is just different deal structures as people try and uh, think about how to match cash flows with, uh, you know, with the valuations as they as they go forward. And linked to that, what sectors do you think will be attractive for M&A in, in 2023? Are there any sectors where all the companies have got their house in order and they're profitable and they're looking good? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Um, and I, I think actually that is one of the things that people have been looking at, you know, particularly for private equity, is that they've been looking at their portfolio companies and making sure they are robust and stable. But um, in terms of sectors, thinking of, of your boring, stable sectors, um, not necessarily traditionally boring, stable sectors, but um, if you think about mission critical uh, mission critical sectors, so and now mission critical uh, sectors, that could be B2B software, um, thinking about resilience, that work from home uh, software that people can't live without now in the new world. Um, think about you know financial services, healthcare and life sciences. And also, I think uh, you, you can't ignore technology. Um, but again, it will be more that kind of resilience rather than growth um, names. And then, of course, ESG. I think people really see that as an attractive area of um, you know, for value. So all those areas are expected to see strong, strong activity going into this year. And can you tell us about any deals that are in the pipeline? What have you got your eye on? Well, I mentioned a lot of processes have been pushed into the first half, uh, the first quarter. And um, we have um, a number of, of deals that the, the reporters have heard uh, rumours of. Um, there's Inifus in the US, which is a food additives business, for example. Um, in Europe, we've got UK, uh, in the UK, there's Vet Partners. Um, and in Italy, there's a pharma group called Alpha Sigma. Uh, that could be on the block. And then as we look to Asia, um, Telenor is looking at divesting its uh, Pakistan assets. So there's a lot of activity out there. And I think the question is just, uh, you know, getting the right buyers. And so what are the risks that dealmakers are, are, are facing in the new environment in 2023? Well, I think... The, the main things that people are looking out for, the key takeaways, um, are around how people are approaching transactions. Um, people now are looking at this really comprehensive due diligence just to ensure that this, you know, the company is resilient, they are stable, looking at those uh, EBITDA adjustments, you know, really carefully. 
um, and things are taking a lot more time. Um, and then you also have, of course, uh, the second thing I would say would be looking at uh, within that due diligence process is, is looking towards the sanctions exposure. Obviously, the war in Europe um, has really um, changed the dynamic for a number of companies and it's a new thing that people have got to be aware of when they're looking at, at companies in, in 2023. And then the third thing that I would mention um, is the increasing regulatory hurdles that people have to, uh, that dealmakers have to consider. Um, on Our colleagues on par have really done a lot of work around the new foreign direct investment and scrutiny that uh, bidders face. And now that's not just in China and in the US, um, it's also in Europe um, that we're seeing that. <clears throat> and coupled with that, you know, we're very familiar with competition clearances. And it does feel like those hurdles are, are getting even more challenging for a number of, of parties. For example, in the US now, um, there's a bit more scrutiny around private equity deals on the competition front, which is something, as we both know from uh, many years of M&A reporting, um, private equity never used to really get that competition scrutiny. It used to just sort of get cleared, whereas now even the private equity deals, that's going under the merger control radar. Great, Lucinda. Thanks very much. That was Lucinda Guthrie, Executive Editor for M&A and ECM for Ion Analytics. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of DealCast, presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. Thank you.